0: When you arrive in Northern Ireland by ferry from Scotland, you may enter by the port of Larne. Drive along a road from Larne to Ballymena and you'll come to Glenwery, a townland around 11 miles or so from Ballymena. Look for Douglas Road and you'll come to the Peden Monument at Mistyburn, where a blue plaque reads, For Christ's Crown and Covenant, Alexander Peden, Prophet of the Covenanters, lived here. 1682 to 1685. Reverend Alexander Peden was only one of the many Covenanters who found refuge and safety in the County Antrim hills, but few have left a mark like Perel Sandy did. I'm Bob McAvoy, and this is the Semper Reformata podcast. I have been wondering why students of the history of Scottish Presbyterianism sometimes refer to Sandy Peden as the Prophet of the Covenant. There are certainly quite a few strange stories about his abilities to discern events and to make uncanny predictions. Today, I am going to tell you about some of those strange events, following his deportation from Scotland on board the ships in Michael and his release from imprisonment in London. Peden remained in England until June 1679, when he travelled back to Scotland. On the day of the 22nd of June that year, being the Sabbath, Peden, now living in the borders area of Scotland, was called upon to preach. But he refused, instead sending the people home to pray privately, saying that he could not and would not preach when our friends are fallen and fled before the enemy at Hamilton. He was speaking of the Battle of Bothwell Bridge. Bothwell Bridge is just outside the town of Hamilton and there in 1679 the Covenanters had formed up against government troops facing each other across the River Clyde. The Covenanters were a disunited force so taken up with arguments among themselves particularly over whether the compromised or indulged ministers or those who were prepared to tolerate them should be allowed to fight with the covenanting forces. So great was the strife among them that they forgot the basic logistics of warfare, including preparations for the supply of ammunition. The battle was lost and the covenanters defending the bridge without ammunition withdrew, allowing the government forces to flow steadily across the Clyde. Some of the covenanters deserted the field and when Lord Monmouth fired cannon directly into the covenanting force, killing around 15 men, the covenanters took flight, and the royalists charged after them. Although few died in the actual battle, in the mopping up operations that occurred in the aftermath of the battle, some 400 covenanters were slain. When the battle had been lost and the purge against the Covenanters recommenced, Peton returned to Ireland for a short visit. While he was there, the government issued an edict that all Presbyterian ministers in Ireland must swear that they were not at Bothwell, and to express disapproval of the actions of the Covenanting forces. Most of the ministers complied with the edict, and two of those ministers, the Reverend Guyon and the Reverend Peyton, were sent to Dublin. With the papers to verify that the edict had been complied with. Peyton heard of their actions and said, Mr. Guyon and his brother Peyton are sent and gone on the devil's errand, but God shall arrest them by the gate. As it turned out, one of the ministers became ill, while the other fell from his horse, and both were forced to remain at Dublin far longer than either of them had planned. By 1680, Peden had returned to Ayrshire and was dwelling near Maclean. It was at this time that Peyton overheard two men talking in a village inn. In their conversation, they were slandering Richard Cameron, the so-called Lion of the Covenant. Peden burst into the room and prophesied the punishment of one of them. The other man was so terrified that some harm should befall him if Peden were to pronounce some judgment upon him. Such was Peden's fearsome reputation that he took to his horse and rode off in great haste. The other one, one Hugh Peneneve, was dead before nightfall. In 1682, Peden conducted the marriage of John Brown and Isabel Weir at Brown's own home at Priest Hill. John Brown was the so-called Christian carrier, a covenanter. Now, I've heard some strange wedding speeches in my time as a pastor, but I think few would equal what Peden said after this wedding ceremony. Peden told the bride that she had got a good man, but that she would not keep him very long. He warned her to keep a store of linen for a shroud, for it would be needed, and warned her that when Brown's death came, it would be both brutal and bloody. Peden lived to see his own words fulfilled. Peden later lodged a night at the Brown home, and on the morning of his departure he spoke again of John's death, saying as he left, Poor woman, a fearful morning. A dark, misty morning. He said that again, and just the next morning, John Brown was murdered by Claver House, the infamous Bloody Clavers. Peden was at the home of a friend at the time when the murder was committed. He was praying at the time, and in his prayer he prayed these words, O Lord, when wilt thou avenge Brown's blood? O oh, let Brown's blood be precious in thy sight, and hasten the day when thou'lt avenge it with Cameron's, Cargill's, and many others of our martyrs' names. And O oh, for the day when the Lord would avenge all their bloods! Later, in 1682, Peden returned to Ulster. He arrived at the home of Mr. William Steele at Glenwerry, where he asked Mrs. Steele for a job as a thresher. He got the job, and he got a bed in the barn with the servant boy. But Peden prayed all night, and then worked all day. He did so the second night, and the boy reported this strange behaviour to the mistress. The mistress watched for herself. And then made her husband ask the man who he was and whether he was a minister peden said that he was they brought him into the home gave him a bed in the farmhouse and allowed him to preach to the family and to their friends some of them became christians others quit their riotous lifestyles while there a servant last became pregnant and Peden warned the farmer that she would bring disgrace upon his house, for she would murder her own baby. The farmer sent her away. Peden's words came to pass, and that girl was later executed at Carrickfergus. In 1684 at the house of John Sloan in Connor, County Antrim, around 10pm, while having conversation with some people, Peden leapt to his feet and cried out, Flee off, Sandy, and hide yourself, for the colonel is coming to this house to apprehend thee. He advised the others to hide also, and sure enough the soldiers arrived. They conducted a thorough search. but could find no one. Peden had hidden in a thorn bush. He came back after the soldiers had left, prophesying that God would strike the man for his night's work. Within a few days, that colonel had died a terrible death. The local Presbyterian minister at Connor was the Reverend David Cunningham, a man who was not by any means a friend of Paden's. The same man had bought from Scotland a large quantity of books in defence of the Indulgence, the Tolerance Act, that act which permitted Presbyterian ministers to remain in position but only if they agreed to take instruction from the local Anglican bishop and say the prayer book services. Some ministers had agreed to those conditions, on the grounds that they wanted to remain with their flock. Peyton urged his friends in Ireland not to worry about this book, for it would do no harm. He had already a premonition that the sale of the book would be split, to use his words. Again his words came true. A large number of those books were never sold, but were shipped back to Scotland. Cunningham, though, publicly vilified Peden in a sermon, and Peden prophesied that ere long Cunningham himself would be without a pulpit, just as he was, and this turned out to be true, as Cunningham was later ousted from his own church. On one of Peden's journeys in Ireland, he found himself engulfed in mist near nightfall and he asked for lodgings at the home of a man who turned out to be a Quaker. The Quaker made Peden welcome, but warned him that he would be unable to sit and talk to him or wait upon him, for he was due to attend a meeting. Peden said he would come to the meeting also, and the Quaker agreed, on the condition, of course, that Peden would remain quiet throughout the meeting. At the meeting house, a number of Quakers were gathered, they were sitting in silence as was their custom when a raven came down from the open loft above them and sat upon the head of one of the people attending the man jumped to his feet shouting so violently that foam flew from his mouth it happened again when the raven landed on the head of a second man Peyton said to his companion do you not see you will not deny thon afterwards The man pleaded with him to be silent but the raven went to a third man and a similar reaction occurred on the way home peden said to his host i always thought there was devilry among you but i never thought that he did visibly appear among you till now i have seen it oh for the lord's sake Quit this way and flee to the Lord Jesus, in whom there is redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of all your iniquities. The poor man fell to his knees weeping, admitting that the devil had come among the Quakers that night, and yielding his heart to the Lord in repentance. He never returned to the Quaker meeting, and he remained a committed Christian until he went to meet his Lord. But Peyton's time in Ulster was coming to an end, and he longed to be back in Ayrshire. Thanks for listening to the podcast. The Semper Reformata podcast began during the first UK national lockdown early in 2020, when church services were moved online. It became apparent at that time that a large number of elderly Christian believers who did not have computers or internet access were missing out on regular Bible teaching and encouragement. I offered to post a free CD to those who requested one, containing a short Bible message, and a catechism class. Easy introductions to reform doctrine using the Heidelberg Catechism as the basis of those lessons. Later I moved these short messages online and the Semper Reformata podcast was born. The podcast is now available on most of the popular platforms but the weekly CDs are still provided free of charge to elderly listeners in Northern Ireland. You can help with this simple ministry too. Each CD and postage costs around £2, $2.75. To help with the cost you can go to the link in the podcast notes www.saltyscrivener.uk and you'll find a friendly buy me a coffee button. I promise you that if you buy me a coffee I'll pay for the coffee myself and I'll put your contribution towards the cost of CDs for senior people. Thanks for your help. I know it will be appreciated.